Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Mitch Wilson with me. Mitch is the founder of Sports Chat Place, Sports Chat Place, that is. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, George. Thank you for being here, Mitch. I have read that in uh, 2008, you didn't even know how to start a blog. But within three months, you were getting 3,000 unique visitors a day to your blog. And within a year, you were blogging full-time with over 400,000 monthly visitors. It's now 2014. Give us an idea about your success with SportChat Place. Well, I have, I, have, I have a few sites now. And uh, between my two largest sites, we do about 1.7 million visitors a month and uh, well over 10 million page views. Wow. That's 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 incredible. What did you do right in the beginning? I mean, even though it was, you know, in 2008 and I, I, there was competition even back in 2008. So what what is it that you did right to, uh, you know, to, to, de- to get this kind of uh, early success with your with your blog? Well, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much here, but uh, I definitely did, uh, you know, for all the things that I did right, I did plenty of things wrong. And, uh, of course, I was able to uh, recognize the things that were right and the things that were wrong. And I think that that's uh, one of the keys. I think another key thing is also to uh, realize what you're good at and what you're not so good at and the things that you're not so good at. Find people that are better than you at them. But um I think you know it just takes a lot of hard work, a lot of sticking with it, even when things aren't going so well. And uh, you know, more than anything, let your audience tell you what they want instead of you trying to force what you want on them. So, give us some examples of doing things right. I mean, one of them is you said you listen to your audience. Uh, but what else? I mean, you know, when you start out, nobody comes to your blog. Nobody even knows you're doing anything. Maybe somebody in your family, uh, but that's pretty much it. I mean, how do you get those first few people to even look at what you have? Well, what you got to do is you got to just keep on keeping on. You got to just keep on adding content because, um, you know, people talk, you know, back when I started, there was different social media networks than there are today. Facebook was just uh, brand new. There was no Twitter. Um, you know, e- even things like that. There, stumble upon Technorati. Those were really the bigger things uh, back then. And dig. And uh, you know, I just submitted to the to those social social things. And but the most important thing is, I was consistent. I continued to add more and more content to my blog. Um, you know, no matter how big some of these other site, sites get, no matter how big Twitter gets, no matter how big Facebook gets, no matter how big Stumble Upon was, um, you know, there was big sites before these sites that uh, have come and gone, and things change. But one thing that never changes is that people come to the website for the content because they want to uh, they want to know what you have to say. But first, like you said, you have to get them there. And how do you get people to your site? Through Google. What do people do when they go to Google? They type in the question. You're always typing a question. What time does the movie start? What time is, uh, what, what kind of dog is less than 20 pounds? Um, if you're the answer to a lot of questions, the better chance that someone's going to find you in Google. So sportschatplace.com is a member membership site. How many members do you have now? Um, it, it varies. It's seasonal because uh, sport pre- the premium area of Sports Chat Place is a membership site. But there's there's a very, very large free section on sportschatplace.com, which is much larger 
than the membership site. We usually run a few thousand members, um, you know, from time to time. It depends. On, it's seasonal because different sports are seasonal. So some people follow some sports. They don't follow other, other sports. So right now I'd say is our slower time uh, of the year. Okay. And, and um, what is, how do you, how do you, what does it take to build a membership site such as yours? I mean, you have to get people to keep coming back and wanting to pay. I, I'm talking about the, pre, the, the premium part of your site. What, what does it take? How is it different from a regular blog? Well, I, I didn't make any money off of my website for two years, for my blog, for two years. The first two years, I made no money at all. All I did was continue to build the site, to build my content, to try and gain followers. Up until today, um, all I cared about was traffic. Because I knew once I got traffic to the site, then my options would be open. A lot of people told me at the time, continue to, to write content to get traffic to the site. And then once you get traffic to the site, you'll have different options. And if you listen to your audience, they're going to tell you what you want. And basically, my audience told me what they wanted. And they said, we're willing to pay for this if you're willing to give us that information. And that's how the premium site started. Believe it or not, when I first started the premium area, and the, you know, which is what you refer to as the membership site, and it is a membership site, um, I, I just call it the premium area, and that's what it is because it's the premium section of my site, but it wasn't my idea. It was my audience's idea, and when I first put it out there, um, I couldn't believe how many people signed up. I couldn't believe it. I, I, when I first set it up, I, didn't, I was worried that nobody was going to sign up. And the funny thing is, is that I've talked to a few people out there um, that have been successful with membership sites that started the same way that I did in many, many different areas, not just sports. I'm talking about some of the really big blogging guys um, that I talked to that have had membership sites. And they all started the same way, and they had their same reaction when they opened their membership site. So you said for the first two years you didn't make any money. So when did you start the, the, the premium part of your site? How, how many years into uh, blogging? About two and a half years in. I could have probably started it earlier. I just didn't know any better. I, I didn't know. I, I wasn't someone that came in with a business plan to uh, blogging. I didn't really ever think that this was a way that I was going to make money, let alone be you know, my, what I do for a living. I just, you know, I started off as a hobby doing something that talking about something that I really love. And so what was the initial number that kind of shocked you? I mean, let's say the first 30 days when, when you went live with your, your premium, how many members were signed up that kind of shocked you? Well, wow, I never thought this many people would sign up. 400. That is a big number. I mean, that is a big number. Even, even today, I mean, you know, you mentioned you have thousands of members depending on the season. But that, that, that would, I think, shock a lot of people. But tell me about those first two years when you said you didn't monetize the site. Did you ever think about quitting or, well, hey, nobody cares about this. Nobody pays any attention. I mean, why keep going on? I mean, a lot of people would give up like six months into it or even less. Well, the traffic was there. Everything was building. Um, I just, it just wasn't my focus because I didn't start the site that way. I started the site because I was doing something that I love. I started my site because I live in an area and I work with people that didn't enjoy the same things that I, that I do. Um, there's an interview out, out there with me with uh, Yaro Stark back from when I started in, in 2008. And uh, I said to Yaro, um, you know, my family and friends never read my blog. And he said to me, 
mine don't read mine either, so don't worry about it. And I think that's what, what makes us, uh, you know, the, successful in what we do is because we're not just – your family and friends aren't going to support you. What's going to support you is the audience, the other zillions of people that are out there. And it's, you're trying to make that connection with them because I had no one to talk to about college football. I wanted to find people to talk to, talk to about college football. And uh, that's what I was able to do when I started my blog. And, you know, I had 3,000 daily readers um, uh, in in a pretty quick amount of time because I was adding a lot of content. So I was able to talk to people about college football at that point. So tell me, what are some of the daily challenges of running a membership site or your, your premium site? The daily challenges of a membership site is you just can't make everybody happy. Um, some people say that you give them too much to choose from. Some people say it's too little. Some people say, you know, they expect really unrealistic results. Um, you know, you, you never know. And I think, you know, if that's from, uh, you know, the dealing with the public perspective, then you have the old internal perspective of, you know, just the day-to-day tech operations of the site and how everything works. And, you know, you want to make it accessible and easy for people. Um, you want to, you know, if, you ha- if you're selling something, you obviously want to make it as easy as possible for people to pay and, and to purchase those things. And uh, that's always a challenge. Uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is to have somebody that wants to buy it and not be able to sell it to them. Uh, you had mentioned in a blog post, uh, uh, the more traffic you have, the more options you have for monetizing. What do you think is the best strategy to get traffic to your website? And what drives traffic when there is so much of everything is out there? There's so much competition. There's so much attention. Uh, you know, people that want attention basically with their, their sites. Well, I'm, I'm in a pretty competitive space too. Uh, there's quite a few full-time television networks uh, dedicated just to, uh, to sports. And, uh, you know, you can turn on the TV tonight, at least uh, here and uh, – There'll be uh, at least uh, 20 different games on 20 different channels, along with all those uh, full-time sports networks and, uh, of course, you know the nightly news and, and everything else. But um, the idea is, uh, you know, show them what you can bring to the table. One thing that uh, ESPN and Fox Sports and CBS, and I'm not afraid to say the names of any of these people because they're not my competitors. Uh, people go to more than one website. Um, you know, the, what, what those guys don't have is me. And uh, what I'm able to show my audience is, uh, you know, what I have to deliver. And people Google, you know, Mitch, what does Mitch say about this? And that's when you know you've made it. Um, you know, you, you don't want to just regurgitate what everybody else does. Um, there's, no, there's no value in that to anybody. Then you're just basically competing in search against people that have the same answers that you have. Um, I have my opinion and my way of doing things, and it might not, not everybody agrees with it. But they certainly always know where I stand. Now, is Mitch the brand or, or, or not? It, you know, it's kind of a hard thing, I think. You know, you think of like Martha Stewart. You think of a lot of other brand names out there that are human beings. Uh, do you think there's a danger with that or there is an advantage with that? I think it works, I think it works both ways. Uh, the advantage is, is that I get a little bit more leeway with my audience because I've built a rapport with them over the years by delivering um, – day after day, time after time. And uh, when I have days where I don't deliver as well, they give me a pass on that um, because it's me. But, um, you know, the other side of it is that I have other people that contribute to the site as well. They don't get as much recognition. And, um, 
you know, their 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 work doesn't get as much traffic as mine does. Now, we're all in very highly uh, competitive areas uh, if you're going to do business online. So what what recommendations do you have for people that want to differentiate their own businesses like you have done with yours? Have an opinion, you know, ha- have an opinion. Don't be afraid to state what your opinion is. And, uh, you know, I-, I think that there's something to be learned from uh, some of the, the gurus out there and uh, some of the people that are so- the so-called experts. I think there's something to be learned about it, but you don't want to be a follower uh, in, in the cult. You know, you want to have your own thing and uh, maybe a line, you know, say hello to these people when you run into them at some of these, um, you know, conferences and things like that. But uh, you don't want to necessarily be in line, you know, with exactly with what they're doing, because in a lot of cases, they're a lot more established than you are. And, uh, you know, in, in, I know in my case, <laughs> they're a lot nicer people than I am. So they probably relate to their audience a little better than I do. Do you think it's important to be controversial when you build a brand? I used to be a lot more controversial than I am now. When I used to post on other people's sites, when I first started, I did a lot of guest posting and things like that. And I guess I should have mentioned that before in your earlier question is I think the idea is you want to be everywhere. But the thing is, is that you don't want to post the same stuff everywhere. So you don't like say you write a a nice post about, um, you know, anything, you know, just name a topic about, you know, a can of soda that you just drank. I mean, I'm just using that as an example. You don't want to post that same exact post everywhere. You know, you want to post that one somewhere. You want to post one similar somewhere else or something, you know, and link back and say, you know, I, I also wrote a recent, you might also like this post that I wrote. You know, you can always link to it somewhere else or whatever. You want to always be adding value, not being a spammer or an advertiser. You want to add value. Even when you're commenting on somebody else's blog post on their site, you want to add value. And I think, you know, you saw me in Leslie Samuel's group on uh, Facebook. My opinion is, is not always popular. It's honest. Mm-hmm. It's honest. But it's not always popular. And that's not even in my niche. It has nothing to do with me. I do it because I'm friends with Leslie and I do it to try and inspire him. Do you think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's bad to try to play it safe and to be kind of a nice guy? Think, when you build your brand? Well, I think, I think some of the nice guys really do a nice job of it. I know guys like Pat Flynn and Chris Ducker, and I've met you know, these guys all personally. They are really nice guys. Cliff Ravenscraft, Leslie Samuel, just the nicest guys that you'll ever meet. It can be done that way. It can be done, it can be done either way. But um, you know, the, the common bond that we all have is we all work really, really hard. Sometimes we make it look easy, but it isn't. It's, it's a lot it's a lot of work. So what are some of the mistakes people make that start a blog but never really get any traction? I would say uh, there's, there's a bunch of them. One of the biggest mistakes that I see for people that start a blog is they invest too much money up front in their blog. Um, you should not invest a lot of money. You should, when you first start out, at least your first month or, or so, you want to start out with as much free stuff as possible, a free WordPress template, the cheapest hosting account possible, and even the domain name to not just be stuck on it. Um, this sports chat place, of, you know, which is my largest site, that is not the original domain name for that site. That is the, actually the fourth different name that that site had. And uh, it's still not a great name. But uh, you need to have that flexibility. And in order to do that, you can't invest a lot of money into things um, right out of the gate because it'll eliminate that flexibility because you'll be stuck doing this, whether the public likes it or responds to it or not. 
I think a lot of people will take things that they see on other people's sites or even on some of the large sites. And I made these same mistakes when I was starting too. Um, and they think that if they put it on their site, that people will come there. Well, it's not necessarily the case. Um, I thought like putting things like sports scoreboards and odds and games and things like that was really important on my site. But the thing is that people can get all that information from ESPN or from some of the other larger sites. And uh, actually, I think those guys do a lot better job of it than I do as well. So then how do you figure out what is it that they want? They don't want those scores on, the, on your site. How do you know, what did people tell you to, to tell you that, you know, that's not really what we want. We want this. Well, what you do is you, you study your Google Analytics really, really hard. You buy some of these other um, traffic monitoring programs. When you have enough traffic to monitor, you'll see people come in. Um, you know, you'll know when you'll get to that point. What are people Googling to get to my site? What are the most common things that they're Googling? I need to write these types of articles to get people to my site. These are the ones that, these are the best use of my time. I only have a certain amount of time that I can work on this thing. I had a full-time job when I started. So, you know, I had five, six hours a day that I worked on my blog, maybe some days a little more, but you know, I only had, I had, didn't have a lot of time. So I really needed to take that time and maximize it. Um, you know, things like having a video on your site, you know, really important. These are difference makers. Um, you know, things like, um, you know, you look into Google Analytics and you see what exactly, what did someone type into Google to get to my site? And, uh, you know, that really is the, uh, you know, the key is finding out what the public wants, delivering it. And then once you have the public there and you're starting to build your traffic numbers, then you can start to try other things and see if some of those things stick. Some of the things that you thought were great ideas, well, the public might not receive them some, so well. Some of the things that you thought were just afterthoughts, those might be the big home runs. When I, when I went to your homepage, there was a video, uh, even this morning, 429, and that was about a three-minute long video. Do you make that video every day? Every single day, and I've done that for six years. For five days or seven days? Seven days a week. That is crazy. I mean, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you stay so dedicated to it? I mean, even if it's only three minutes, but you still have to dress up. You have to stand in front of a, mic, uh, a video. You might have to edit it. I don't know if you'd edit it, but that is just incredible. I don't edit. I reshoot if I don't like the way it comes out. But, um, yeah, I've, I've been doing it for six years. And, uh, you know, what I found is that my audience doesn't necessarily care about uh, what it looks like. They don't necessarily care about, um, you know, a, a lot of the things that happen there. They care about mostly what I have to say. And I'll tell you what, not doing, if I don't do the video one day, it's not worth answering the hundreds of thousands of emails that I get asking where the video is. So uh, it, it, it's inspiring. And I know that a lot of my readers enjoy it. And uh, I, I, I know that, you know, and uh, when you see that I mean, kind of traction, plus it's, it's, um, it's a huge income stream. I mean, I spent time on, uh, you know, there was an ad before it that it ran, but I, I waited through the ad and I, and I watched the whole video. And to me, that was, for some reason, that was the most impactful thing uh, because there was like a human being there, you know? I mean, um, it was very powerful. And I'm even almost thinking about doing it for my own side. I, uh, that I, I strongly recommend that you do, George. I, I, it's a difference maker. And I have to say that for me, it was the difference maker and it continues to be the difference maker between me and my competition. 
how I said before, how you have to sell yourself and how ESPN and my competitors, you know, who are, you know, they're, these are big companies with, with big budgets and I can't compete with them on a lot of levels. Um, you know, I can't go to the games and interview athletes and things like these guys do. And they have, you know, just thousands of people that do this for them every single day. Um, but what I can do is I can stand in front of that video every day and I'm in my living room of my house and I just, you know, I stare at the, at the audience right in the eyes and I say, Hey, this is who I am. I'm just wearing a t-shirt. I'm just a regular guy. This is what I have to say. I'm not one of these, uh, you know, these fancy corporate guys or anything like that. I'm a regular guy just like you, but I know what I'm talking about. And if you watch this video every day, you know I know what I'm talking about. And what's even more fun is I take my video equipment with me even when I travel. This weekend, I'm going to the fight in Las Vegas. I'll be doing my video every morning in Las Vegas. I've done it from Hawaii. I've done it from Belize. I've done it from St. Martin, Nevis, um, all around the world, Cabo San Lucas. I've done it from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. I've done it from Texas. I've done it from San Francisco, Los Angeles, you name it. Wherever I've been over the last six years, I've done a video from there. So would you say that consistency is more important than being really slick or having the perfect lighting and you know all that other stuff that people worry about? Absolutely. It's, it is the single most important thing is uh, just being consistent and getting it out there. And if you have something to say and you say something um, like I have, you know, I pretty much have a set topic that I talk about every day and people are expecting that topic. But some days I mix it up because it's just not there. You know, my topic just isn't there. And it's not, you know, I'd say it's, 15 days a year that happens, um, but they still tune into the video and, uh, you know, it's, it's being consistent and I, my audience, it, it's a great connection that I have with my audience and it's, it's, they feel like they know me because they're in my living room every single day. I'm, I've met a lot of, you know, and I have a lot of people that read the site. So, you know what, it's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to everybody that has, that sticks with it and uh, has any success with their blog. Eventually you're going to run into people that recognize you. And, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a really cool thing because they feel like they know you because they've been, they've been with you every single day. Um, not just reading what you have to say, but they know your voice. They know exactly what you look like. Um, they know your sayings. Um, they know words that you can't pronounce. They know everything about you. And it's, it's a lot, I have a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, I was buying a camera, uh, about a year ago and a guy came up to me and he's like, I know what you're going to use that camera for your dog of the day pick. Right. I was like, like, <laughs> I he's like, I watch it every day and it was, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, if you, if you started today, how would you promote your blog? Would you do anything differently? Uh, you know, how did you promote sports, sports chat place uh, in the beginning? Yeah, I think I would have I'd be forced to do it a little differently than than what than the way that I did it then. But I think a lot of the same things are, are tried and true. I think firstly you have to um, you know you have to have the content, and then you you know it's just the ways of um, distributing that content are just um, they're just they're just different than they used to be. You know, it's uh, you used to you used to not tweet. You didn't have Facebook. You didn't have any of these things to uh, promote promote. You didn't have Pinterest. You know, um, so, uh, yeah, I'd have to do it differently to, to do it today. But there's also a lot more options for me today um, to do it probably a little bit more easily. I think it's not just about, you know, promoting on your on your boards on Facebook and, and on Twitter and, and places like that. It's on other people's boards. And it's not about spamming them with, you know, with a link saying I've got, you know, 
you like this, come read this article at my site. It's about adding value to the conversation, establishing yourself as someone that people want to hear what they have to say, and um, eventually they'll figure it out. So everyone is talking about social media nowadays, and I've read one of your blog posts that social media is not a big part of your promotional efforts. And uh, you wrote that uh, you don't spend much time on them because you have other ways that, will, that almost guarantees you traffic and guarantees you uh, the ability to make money. What are those strategies? Content. Content. Yeah. We do, we do over 1,600 articles a month at Sports Chat Place. And um, you produce content, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get found in Google. I think a lot of people um, make the mistake at the beginning and, you know, even all, all the time, they continue to make the same mistake that they put social media ahead or give it too much of a waiting. I only spend 5% of my time, if even that, on social media. I would say probably closer to 2 or 3% of my time on social media. And, and that's okay, go ahead. the reason is, is that I think it's way more important that once you get somebody to your site that you've, you know, you, you've, you've stressed, you know, for, for the better part of this interview, that it's hard to get people to your website. It is hard, especially when you're new. It's really hard to get people there. But once you get them there, you want to show them that, hey, it's not just the article that they came for that you delivered on so well. Look at all this other cool stuff that we have. And you know what? It's not just that we have this stuff, cool stuff today. Come back tomorrow. We're going to have all kinds of new cool stuff, too. The day after that, we're going to have even more new cool stuff. We're going to have videos. We're going to have podcasts. We're going to have you name it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it all here. And the more stuff that you can do like that, the more consistent, um, the more active you can keep it, then you want those people to come back to bookmark you so you can build that foundation of readers that, you know, you start off with three people that have you bookmarked. Then, you know, then you have five, then you have 10, then you have 20, then 50, 100, 1,000, 10,000. What is what is the size? You mentioned uh, you you know you add like sixteen hundred articles in a month. What is the uh, the size of your team and 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 what what do they do for you? Um, I have uh, you know I have I have a good amount of writers at this point. Probably maybe ten ten to twelve mm -hmm. writers. Um, some some guys just do an article or two a day. Some do five or six. Um, I still do at least five articles a day, if not more. Um, I try and do more, um, you know, plus I do the videos and I also, I have a podcast. I have taken a break from the podcast. It's the first thing I've ever done that I've taken a break and I'm going to come back and expect that it's still going to work. I think I'm going to have to rebuild that audience again, but, um, you know, it's that it's the, t the team, it's it just, it, it, they're so important, you know, it, it it, it's hard to even express just how important it is because we're all covering for each other. But it's not just a matter of having a lot of people. It's having the right people that are dedicated. It's hard when you're putting your blood and your guts and your, your money and time into something. And then other people just, you know, they're not feeling the same thing. You know, when, people, when I first started, a lot of the guys who write for me are, are guys that used to write for me back before we made any money at all. And they used to write for free. So I know they're dedicated. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me, I mean, so far, it sounds like everything went perfectly, but I'm sure there were some challenges. Talk about maybe a big mistake that you made, uh, you know, from the, from the beginning. Oh, absolutely. Um, the first thing that I'd say the biggest mistake that I ever made um, at the beginning was, um, was really on the tech side 
And it was, I had outsourced work to India. And basically, I knew probably with two weeks into the project that I wasn't going to get any kind of results, but I hung with it for four or five months. And I wasted time and money on a project that I knew was never going to get off the ground. I thought that I was going to save, you know, I was going to pay like $800 for something that was, you know, would have cost me, um, you know, thousands of dollars to have the work done domestically or to have it done, you know, by somebody and someone that was capable of doing it. And instead I just, I thought that I was going to get this great deal because I'd heard of all this great outsourcing stuff. Um, sometimes, you know, it, in, you, when you pay $800 for something that should cost 3000, you end up paying that 800 and then you pay the 3000. So you end up paying 3,800 and I've done that more than once. Okay. Okay. Uh, how do you deal with kind of the, the ups and downs of uh, being an entrepreneur, the roller coaster? Do you experience any of that? Yeah, I absolutely do experience it. And I, you know, before coming on this interview, I experienced it. I'm working on a redesign for my site and it has not gone well. It's been a really tough project. Um, most designers that are out there, most web designers are, you know, most of the really good ones are expensive. Um, when you get to the level that my site's at, um, web designs used to be, you know, six, $800 at the most. Now they're, you know, now they're $40,000. And uh, the problem is that I have a lot of contracts I've signed. I have a lot of deals in pr place. If you, you know, if you look at Sports Chat Place, you can see I have ads, I have video ads. All those things have to go in specific places on the site because that's what they're sold to do. Um, and, uh, you know, with the designers, it's just, uh, you know, they don't understand that. They only care about the aesthetics and the, and the user experience. Um, they don't understand that that's how I make money. Um, and it's an important source of income. So, you know, some days are really tough. You know, it's like some days you have to pack it in. Like I was talking about packing in the deal on India, you know, and losing $800. I just lost 14000 um, on a design deal. So not such a great day, but you know what? I, I, I've built the site to a point where, where I can afford that. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm grateful for. I think, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I'm doing something that I love. You know, I'm, I'm talking about sports. I'm writing about sports. I'm watching sports. I'm living sports. I'm living the dream. Um, so tell me what's the greatest high you had from owning your own business? I have so many of them. I just can't even uh, tell you every day. Not every day, um, but there's, it just seems that almost every week or, uh, you know, ever since I've started, you always have these victories um, and you can feel them as you've made a step in your business, taking a step forward, taking a step up the ladder. Um, you know, it's, it's an amazing feeling and they happen all the time. The, you know, when I got my first advertising deal, when I got my first check in the mail that I, you know, that I made money, um, the first, first time, uh, you know, First time I got uh, a thousand visitors in a day, you know, it was, it was huge. It was huge, you know, and today it's like, you know, the, you know, the first time I had a hundred thousand pages in a day, you know, the first time I made, you know, $10,000 in a day, the first time, you know, it's, it, they're, they're all different, but they all feel good. Uh, recently I was accepted into uh, a, a, a thing called 1871. Here in Chicago, it's an internet startup uh, incubator, and uh, most it, they I think thousands and thousands of people apply, and uh, I was selected out of that group. Just a small number of people get uh, selected, and uh, they asked me to uh, to join their group. And you know, you get to work with people like Mark Cuban, Steve Ballmer, um, 
you know, some of the real giants in, in, in tech. Wow. Can you uh, share with us or our audience uh, the size of your business in terms of your revenue at all? Um, it varies. It's, it's not something that I really like to talk about. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> but let's just say I do. Okay. I'm comfortable. Um, I'm not Bill Gates, but I'm not, I'm not uh, starving either. Fair enough. Now, if somebody came to you that has a job now, uh, maybe a family member or a friend, and said, you know what, you had a lot of success, Mitch, with your business. Teach me something. I want to become an entrepreneur. What would be the first thing that you would teach that person? Yeah, I think, number one, you've got to start with something that you love because it makes it easier. Um, it just That's what you have to do because that's what you know about and that's what you can share with people. And that's where you can add the most value. I loved college football. I never played college football. I never, um, you know, I never coached college football. I'm a college football fan, just like anybody else out there that loves college football. And uh, the, I was able to write, um, even on days, I never had writer's block. I never had to worry about what my next topic was going to be because I loved college football and I just had so much to say about it. And I still do. I still do. It's six years later. And I, I love it. Every Saturday morning, I, I do my video and I say, it's my favorite day of the week during my favorite time of the year. It's college football Saturday. And, you know, people say that to me all the time. They're like, man, I've been waiting for you to say that because I just love college football and you always get me fired up for it. And I think it's important to, to do what you love. It's hard when, when it's not. When you're going through the motions, when you're doing something for the money, um, it's very, very hard. And the public, they know. They know. They could see right through it. Uh, I have one more question. What do you think is the uh, the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs? Uh, social media. <laughs> social media. <laughs> I would say I would say social media because, like I said, a lot of that time that's spent on social media, you would be much better spent um, building on your specific website. Like that time that you spent like reading through what all these people said on a Facebook post or on Google Plus or something like that or looking through people's Pinterest pictures. Um, you could have stood in front of the camera and done a video like I just did and said, you know, even if you're talking about, um, you know, dogs and you don't even have a dog, you could sit there and talk about dogs. You could, uh, you know, get any cheap editing software, free editing software, put some pictures of these dogs as you talk about them. And there's your video. And then tomorrow you talk about a different dog or a different animal. You know, it's, there's a million ways to do it. But it's all about building the content on your site because ultimately what you do on your site is where you can monetize. And that's where you can make your money by your visitors on your site. I don't know how to make money off Twitter. The way that you make money off Twitter, the way you make money off Pinterest, the way you make money on Facebook is to get people to your site. So you got to have something on your site that captivates people and, and, and uh, helps them, uh, you know, make money. And that really it helps yourself make money. And that really, I think, is where a lot of entrepreneurs go wrong is they just uh, spend way too much time on the social media, on things like that, and not actually building their business, you know, reading what other people have to say. Yeah, some of these other guys have some great things to say, but it's like that you need to be, they need to be action items. You got to be taking action. Taking action. So with that, Mitch, I really appreciate your time today. How can people connect with you? Well, I'm on Twitter. My handle is Sports Chat Place. Um, if you have specific questions about starting a blog, um, 
Mitch at sportschatplace.com. I do my best to answer emails quickly. I can't, uh, I don't do any personal training or anything of that nature uh, as far as building uh, websites or businesses, but I'll be sure to help answer questions or uh, connect you with people that, uh, that can help you in those areas and people that have helped me along the uh, way. Cause you know, no matter where you are, you always have questions. So everybody check out sportschatplace.com. Mitch, thank you very much. Thank you, George. Have a, have a good one, everyone.